Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to another episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Alright, crowdfunders. How is everybody doing out there in the land of crowdfunding? Hope you all are having a great week. We are doing another episode, and if, this, and if this is your first time here, first off, we want to welcome you, all of us. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for showing up. What do we do here on Successfully Funded? Well, I'm your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. Uh, I've done crowdfunding since about 2009-ish or so, um, and I've run a lot of campaigns. So we do this podcast where we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of their campaign or, while they're, or right after their campaign ends. That way, we're giving you the most up-to-date information on what's working, what's not working, what are the trends, what do we see out there in the real world, and how are people raising money for their projects. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about watches again. I know we've had a huge influx of watch conversations lately. Uh, this one was a little bit different. Um, I got to talk to uh, Kyle Shute was his last name there, and uh, he runs Stratton Watches. He's got a whole bunch of different watch uh, watches that he's released. But this is his, I think it was, let me check here. Yeah, this is his fifth Kickstarter campaign. So we got to talk on a little bit of a deeper level because we remember what it was like uh, a few years ago. We remember, you know, before you had to run Facebook ads for every single thing that you wanted to do when, when it was a little bit easier to, to run campaigns. So so he's got a campaign. It actually ends in four days. So we are turning this this conversation around quite quickly. We just I just had it earlier this week, and um, you know he's sitting. Uh, he had about a fifteen thousand dollar goal, and he's sitting at about a, just under one hundred and thirty k. This is a pretty good campaign for watches. Watches are a very oversaturated market right now on Kickstarter. So um, kudos to Kyle for a very good campaign here. He's got over two hundred fifty six backers. But we're going to talk a little bit in, the, in our in our conversation around. Um, around maybe not using Kickstarter in the future. And that's gonna be something that, that I have some thoughts on too. So so stay tuned for that. That conversation is coming up in just a little bit. All right, so what else is going on around here? Well, we got my son's birthday coming up, so that's always exciting. So we're gonna get away, we're gonna leave tonight and we're gonna go stay at a hotel and do some swimming and do, do a little bit of fun stuff, kind of just get out, you know? My kids, you know, what I've noticed is that my kids well, they're calling it a vacation, even though we're just going to go to a hotel for a night and swim and do some stuff and hang out. Um, but yeah, I, you know, when we went up north, we went about four hours away here. I'm outside of Detroit, Michigan, and uh, when we when we go up north, it's like the the only thing they remember is staying at a hotel and swimming in the pool. It's like, that's their thing. Right. And we, we could do that anywhere. We could do that. We could go five miles and, and do that instead of driving four hours. But, um, so we've got that going on, uh, this weekend, which is exciting. And then I'm also going to be, um, uh, having a, a interesting conversation about a nonprofit called partnerships for dads. So I got that going on, but, but the other thing that's on my mind is, well, first of all, a little, lot of thoughts about New Zealand right now. I mean, there's some awful tragic story right now. Uh, today's Friday. Um, what is it? Say? March. I don't even know what day it is. March 15th, I think it is. Something like that. Is it today or March 16th? I think. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is. It's one of those two days. I can't find my calendar. March 15th. It is March 15th. Um, so tragic news coming out of New Zealand today, waking up to that. And again, it's just another senseless act. It's just ridiculously stupid. I don't... 
I don't understand why anybody needs guns. And if you hate that opinion, I guess maybe turn off the podcast. I don't know. But I, I have never had a scenario in my life where I thought I needed an automatic weapon to get through my day. Um, and if I ever get to that vibe, I have made a lot of bad choices to get to a point where an automatic weapon makes my, um, uh, you know, makes my, my Friday go better. Um, and then I'm also remembering, or not even remembering, but a couple nights ago, I watched the Mr. Rogers documentary over on HBO. And if you haven't seen it, oh God, I strongly recommend this needs to be almost like, uh, you know, a piece of content that everybody in the world is demand, like is, re- is, uh, is forced to go watch. Everybody needs to go watch the Mr. Rogers documentary, because if you're watching that and you leave that hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes, um, and you still have anger in your heart, or if you still have, you know, just if you have anything bad going on in your brain, watching that documentary at the end of it, you're just, you know, you just see how, what, what love looks like, what sensibility looks like, what appreciation looks like, what acceptance looks like. Um, and truly it was a, I mean, I, I, I gotta be honest, a lot of tears watching that. Not only just my own memories of growing up he, you know, the voice, the energy, the feeling, that what you felt when that came on your TV show, but also just, um, I mean, I think it says it in the video or in the doc. I mean, he's as close to a real life Jesus Christ as we might have ever ever have in our in our existence. Um, so it's just a really powerful documentary. And in a time when you see hate happening and not, you know, and, and our hate from the United States breeding itself in other countries, when you see it starting to spread. And you go, man, If watch this documentary. This is how we treat people. This is how you respect people. You may disagree with them, but this is how you respect them. They are still human beings, and we've lost that. So, you know, this morning, it, it's um, my heart's obviously very heavy. And, um, yeah, I recommend everybody go watch the Mr. Rogers doc. That's maybe, maybe do that this weekend. That would be a huge benefit Um you know, in your life to go and spend the time and watch that, watch it with your kids. I talked about it at the dinner table with my kids yesterday, um, because it, he really was a truly special person. So, um, just amazing doc, go watch that. So that's what's going on around here. I'm going to go uh, here in a little bit here in about an hour or so. I'm going to go watch, um, speaking of Mr. Rogers, you know, just being in my kid's life and stuff. My, my daughter's, uh, getting on a stage and holding a sign for something. I mean, it's, you know, but she asked me to be there, and it's important, right? Get over there, be a part of it. Um, you know, be in their lives, talk to them like human beings, look at them face to face, treat treat kids as if they're not, you know, only into cartoons. They do have feelings and stuff like that. So, lot lot to lot to take in and stuff. Lot lot going on. So, all right, let's take a deep breath here. All right, so a um, couple other things going on around here. We are pivoting a little bit as an agency. We are focusing a little bit more on some corporate work. This is just a little behind the scenes over here. Um, crowdfunding has been, is is and always be, you know, something that is just something that's in my DNA. Um, but as an agency, we're finding that we need to start pivoting a little bit, right? It's really oversaturated market. And not that, you know, just digital marketing in general isn't, but trying to find ways that, for myself particularly, that I am you know, uh, scratching a lot of itches. Um, you know, working with startups is, well, it's a challenging thing. And the biggest reason is, is that 
one, there's no money, so that that's not awesome. Then there's two, there's an expectation of the amount of money that I might have that I did spend that you have to then work like 40 times harder or I my expectation levels are all over the place and through the roof. So you have to look at that. Um, three is it feels, I mean, and this is for me particularly, and this is, again, no offense to anything or anybody out there, but it feels very minor league-ish. It feels like um, I can see the scenario of like, or the conversation around being, you know, I've been in the minors for, uh, you know, for four years. I'm now, you know, hitting 30 home runs and batting, you know, three, 375. I got a ton of, a ton of ribbies. What, what, what more can I do here in AAA? I need to get to the pros and see if it translates there. So that's a lot of the energy and the vibe in the, in the last two or three weeks here. That's how I personally feel is that it's time to sort of, you know, graduate, move to the next phase. What is next? W- would my techniques or my my uh, my tips, you know, are they only for startups, or is this something that could work for bigger companies and bigger ideas? And and what does that look like? What is the working relationship when you're working with a a huge account? You know, maybe like an Amazon account or something along those lines. When you've got you know big decision makers in place, um, what does that look like? That's that's that next phase that I can see coming down the pipeline. I'm envisioning it. I mean, you have to envision it to actually get to it, right? So I'm envisioning it right now. We're slowly making some of these pivots. So there's a lot going on over here at One Ones Away, right? A lot of changes, a lot of pivots, a lot of movement, and trying to set up this next maybe decade or so of, of, of a different way of, of doing work. Just maybe doing some of the same work, but just doing it differently. So that's what's going on over here. All right, if you are a fan of Successfully Funded, hopefully you've already done this, and I'm just preaching the choir here, but if you haven't, make sure you're a subscriber to the podcast. That is awesome. Go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you're getting your podcast right now. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that way every time I put up a new episode, boom, you're going to get it, and you're going to be able to listen and stay in touch with what's going on. Also, if you are thinking about running a campaign, go over to our website, woodshed.agency, right now, and reach out to me. Let's have a 20-minute call. Let me see if I can't point you in the right direction or, or put together a, a, a light strategy plan on what you need to do to be successful or what platform would work. I'd love to talk to you and connect. So, all right, let's go ahead and kick into my conversation with Kyle from Stratton Watches. And again, uh, this campaign ends in four days. So if you're listening to it right now or tomorrow, make your move. You gotta go pick them up. So go pick up a, a watch. Um, all right, here we go. Here's my conversation with Kyle. All right, Kyle, the red light's on. So this is when typically a lot of people get nervous. I hope you're not one of those types. <laughs> no, no. You're all right? You're comfortable? You can do this? Right. I've done a few radio interviews <laughs> and that before. So. All right, all right. Well, hey, everybody, we heard it. We have a professional here, so he'll lead the way, and uh, we got it. We're pretty good to go here. Well, let's start off with a quick sound check. Um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, toast. Toast and eggs. All right, nice. <laughs> now, do you like those scrambled, sunny side up? What are you doing with those uh, eggs? Sunny side up. Yeah. Any hot sauce? Anything funny on it, or just just eggs? Nah, just straight up. All right. Cool. Awesome. Salt right. and pepper. Salt and pepper. Yeah, a little salt and pepper always always is nice on those. Cool. Well, I think we're sounding good. Why don't we jump into it? So, Kyle, why don't you tell my listeners uh, what you're currently raising money for uh, over on Kickstarter? It's uh, for my next collection of of watches called the Legera series. Uh, it's my fifth 
Kickstarter to date for, for the brand. Um, you know, sometimes I do get the question, what, why, why do I use Kickstarter multiple times if, if I've been successful on the first one? It's, it's simply because if, if people see a, a, a big sum of money, they think that, um, wow, you know, yeah. he's got that much money at his disposal. <laughs> but uh, watches cost money to produce, and that's what I need to deliver to my backers. So uh, I usually um, invest profits in extra stock of the watch that I continue to sell, uh, as well as um, producing new models, so prototypes, cool. etc. Um, I will say, though, this will be my last time using uh Kickstarter or, or crowdfunding as a as a means of, of funding a a um collection of watches. I'll, I'll move over to my website uh next time. Uh, okay. Well yeah. we'll definitely get into that here in a second. So tell me a little bit about the brand and and the watches and, and like you know how do you describe this to somebody who's just listening right now? Okay. Well um I have a passion for classic cars, for racing and for watches in general. Um, I grew up, my, my father was a, a racing and rally driver. I'm originally from South Africa, uh, Cape Town. Oh, yeah. And I, I moved to Switzerland 10 years ago for family reasons. And um, I always wanted to start my own brand. But before there was crowdfunding, you literally had to produce 500 of a watch and then try and sell it. Mm-hmm. There was no way of pre-funding or, or something like that. It, it just wasn't known. So as soon as I found uh, Kickstarter, I, I developed the concept. And um, Stratton is basically vintage-inspired, retro-inspired watches that have a sort of touch of motorsport, a touch of classic uh, sort of racing influence. And what I try to do with my designs is... I don't brand my watches. I don't overly brand them. Mm-hmm. I want a person to be able to recognize them by the styling on its own. And I can probably say after my third collection, that's when people started to say, ah, oh, that's a, a Stratton watch. Mm. You know, I, I, I built up uh, what's called in the micro brand space. That's what I'm called in the watch world, the micro brand. It's usually a one man operation that does sort of design work and, they, they manage everything on their own, but they outsource the manufacturing to a manufacturing partner. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. Yeah, that's basically Stratton in a nutshell. I would nice. Say. So, so each, each campaign was for a new collection of watches and a new design? Yeah. Um, my first one was called the Vintage Driver Chrono. I wanted uh, 15,000 Swiss francs. It's around one to one to the US dollar, so $15,000. And I would have been happy to reach that at the end of the 30 days. And to my surprise, I hit that within the first hour. <laughs> uh, and I was completely blown away. I mean, I didn't expect it. It was just totally, totally unexpected. Yeah. And it just took off from there. I mean, I ended up at around um, just under 160000 in terms of funding. Mm. And yeah, that that's my my eyes were open. <laughs> I was extremely happy, and uh, you know, I could I could literally put everything I had into that and and see where it went. And yeah, it it grew grew pretty quickly. That's great. That's great. What's changed maybe over the last five campaigns? Has there been any sort of bigger big changes that you've seen um, from from the first Kickstarter to this one? 
yeah um I, I certainly increased in funding, although my this current campaign that's on at the moment it is probably the lowest funding to date so far. I just think though it's because of the uniqueness of the design. It's it's uh, pretty niche. Mm. But I would say what's what's changed for me and maybe my decision in terms of why I'm moving away from from crowdfunding is if we look at the watch space in crowdfunding. I'm only talking about watches. Mm-hmm. Um, the watch community themselves are looking down more and more upon crowdfunded watches because a lot of them are sort of get rich quick scams. <laughs> so they're not sort of, they're not scams, but you know, it's, it's a typical marketing, um, you know, a luxury watch and affordable price. It's all the same yeah. marketing regurgitated, um, and it's literally the guys aren't putting much um, design work in the background. They're literally taking off-the-shelf parts, uh, just putting their own logo on, and, and mm-hmm. trying to make a buck. Whereas yeah. it's, it's giving those guys who do put in a lot of work into it a, a bad name. So I, I want to sort of move away from that. And uh, I, this campaign has been the first time I've had customers tell me, "Look, Carl, maybe you should move away." Mm-hmm. from from crowdfunding so I, I i already had that in my head and but I, I will say that i've used it so much and up to date because of the um, the ease of kickstarter's platform yeah um and i've always defended kickstarter quite rigorously uh when there was a lot of negativity where people say oh, are you taking advantage of the the marketing that that kickstarter gives you Ninety <laughs> percent, even does, more, of yeah. my pledges were from my own marketing work. Yeah, not I don't. Yeah, I don't think Kickstarter has much traffic anymore at all. We just have a campaign that we were on the front page for a while, and it yeah, it didn't equal it anything. Didn't do much, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, who cares? You know, we were in a newsletter for a campaign a couple weeks ago. Nothing. Yeah. You know, now, if this was twenty thirteen. Oh my gosh, like, oh my, yeah. like the whole world the would open up. And, yeah, yeah, the, the golden, golden days, you know, without having to, and I, and I never ran Facebook ads either. I just did some Twitter posts and, oh, I raised a yep. hundred grand. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, yeah the, the good old days. Um, well, that, yeah, that's intriguing. I, you know, you kind of answer some of my questions because I'm always sort of fascinated with watches that are seeing, do, doing numbers along your numbers, right? Because yeah. we as an agency don't even want to talk to watch companies anymore because I, I don't know the nuances enough. I've actually found that like, I think right now there's probably what, 40 projects might be on there. I don't yeah. even know how many. I mean, so to, you know, your success probably comes from being early an early adopter of the platform itself and, you know, bringing those audiences and that, you know, through all the process. But um, yeah, it is a, a very, very saturated market. So I can see where your, where your mindset's going, frankly. Um, you're, you're, I can, I can tell you, you're not that, you're not, not off. Um, yeah. that's intriguing. <laughs> that's intriguing. So tell me a little about like, um, you know, racing and that background. So your dad, you said your dad was a rally racer. Is that what, you, what he was? Uh, uh, a rally racing driver. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I've sort of through the success of my business, um, I've used that as a marketing platform for myself. So um, I was able to buy a race car, which I use to um, market the brand as well. <laughs> it's a um, classic Alfa Romeo. And uh, yeah, that that's a race in, in, in Germany and uh, on the, the green hell, what's called the Nordschleife. 
which is the the longest and most dangerous racetrack in the world. Nice. One lap. It's a, it's around um, including the 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 original racetrack. It's uh, twenty four kilometers long. Wow. One lap, <laughs> and we would do fifteen laps of that. Wow. So it, it was it was quite fun because I, I would leave on a on a Friday uh, lunchtime, drive six hours to Germany, uh, get to bed, wake up at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, drive three and a half hours uh, uh, race and then jump back in the car and drive six hours back home. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of car time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's awesome. So, you know, uh, and, and then, so from there, then you, how, where was that step though, where you thought just in terms of like, let's go back to like the first campaign and stuff, like where does watches sort of start fitting into seeing racing and you, like how do you start putting together this sort of idea that this is what you wanted to do um i think you know watches and, and cars have been together one can say for for ages i mean if you think back to steve mcqueen and and that and um the tag hoyer and mm-hmm. uh, or hoyer originally as it was known before tag purchased them um there's a lot of racing prominence in 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 the world of watches and it's a platform where a lot of watchmakers use to promote the brand, their brands. Um, I think it just goes together, you know, timing. Um, usually racing watches have our chronographs and have a tachymeter scale to measure distance and, and that time. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the idea was there. It was just putting it together mm. and... Yeah, it, it it sort of fell into place, and I I can call myself lucky, because as I said, uh, we spoke about the golden days, and I, I literally think back then in 2015, if I had launched six months later, I wouldn't have had the same success, yeah. because we then just saw a flurry of sort of motorsport-inspired watches or racing watches, and then mm. the, the guy just saw that it was sort of working, and everybody just sort of cottoned on and. Yeah, you know, you had multiple campaigns, and yeah, yeah. But I'm, I, I consider myself lucky to be one of one of the first uh, there, and and yeah. yeah, that's cool. Now, when you start putting together like a collection together, like what what starts that process? What what do you you know? Do you just start sketching something somewhere? Do you try to find part? What 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 starts the process when you say I'm going to put together a, a new collection sure. of watches? I think for me, I, I love, my inspiration comes from 70s um, chronographs. In terms of design and aesthetics, that is the era that's um, most ex- aesthetically pleasing for me. Mm. So, you know, bold color schemes, uh, the case designs are unique. It's, it's just, they, they're sort of out there. And I basically because I have my own collection of 70s chronographs um, and also just generally looking at pictures online, I sort of pick parts. I sort of see an idea in a watch and, and I like it. And I take that single part and then I would take another part from another watch that I saw and I, I piece everything together. Mm-hmm. So my watches aren't a, a copy or a homage, they call it, of any one watch. It's basically people can see many watches in right. my design, but I have my own sort of unique styling. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've said my aim was always for a person to recognize a Stratton watch by 
seeing the colors and, and the designs and, and, and that. And that's happening because I, I don't have my name written on the dial. It's a, it's a simple S. And uh, yeah, it's, it's worked. I've, I've had people that uh, don't even need to ask. They just say, that's a Stratton watch. That's great. That's great. That's, yeah. That is true brand uh, recognition, right? Uh, when you sure. don't have to speak. Yeah, I, I always get into a healthy amount of discussion with clients who are like, uh, you know, it's their first time out and they're like, my brand voice is so important. It's like, you, you, you have a logo right now. A yeah. brand is when somebody recognizes you years sure. from now. That's actually yeah. your brand. You know, uh, you're not there yet. So that's great that you've got that going. Now, are, you, you mentioned earlier, are you still like a one-man team right now? Or is it just you? Or yeah. If, yeah. How do you stay organized? I mean, just running a Kickstarter alone is a ton of work. So how do you sort of stay focused, stay organized, stay on top of everything and handle from A to Z? Sure. I think for, for first time creators, it's, it's, it's a lot of work because they're sort of in new territory and don't know what to do and sort of take it day by day. I think for me being somewhat of a veteran, um, it's become a lot easier. So I think for me, uh, even though I, I run Stratton on my own, so I do everything from design work to customer service. Uh, when the watches are finished, I fly out to my manufacturer. No watch leaves the factory without being packed by me uh, and sent to my customers by me. Um, that's how I keep below a 1% defect rate, which is Swiss watch industry standards. Um, I also must say that at the same time, I have a full-time job uh, besides Stratton. So Stratton's wow. run on the side, um, which is, is great um, because Stratton is somewhat now of a, I know what to do and it's sort of a well-oiled machine and I need to put in a certain amount of time at night and um, pack watches at night or, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a wife and three kids. So busy. Uh, that's, I, uh, that's full court press. I'm well, pretty are, busy. <laughs> yeah. Are there any, uh, uh, you know, are there any tools that you use or you rely on like, you know, to do lists or project management tools? Is there just, you know, anything that you would be like, listen, this is how I stay organized. So I use Google docs for this sort of stuff. Is there any sort of tools that you point to? I would probably say, I rely a lot on my own head. I'm a little bit old school in that way. I, I, my father and my mom have always said to me from a young age, you've got to use the diary. You've got to use the diary. <laughs> but I, I just never adopted that. But I think if there's something really important, I just put it in my, in my iPhone calendar. But to be honest, I, 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 everything's up here. Yeah. And uh, I, I try and stay organized, which I obviously do. And, um, it, it sort of works for me, but I think for, for other people, maybe uh, sort of a structured system in place and to-do list and, and that. Um, yeah. So how about outside of, um, outside of maybe doing the, the rally driving and stuff, uh, being a driver for that, what do you do to just make sure that you're still unwinding a little bit so that you're not burning the, burning the candle at both ends all the time? <laughs> sure. Or, I, or Look, I, I, I enjoy my free time. I mean, we, with my kids, we, we also go uh, fishing and we play computer games, video games together. And um, yeah, just uh, I can't always be on the go. But, you know, I, I, as I said, I do love cars and, and my business, you know, Stratton, I don't see it as work. I love what I do. So mm -hmm. 
you know, the most, I, I can probably say the most enjoyable part of the whole job for me is, um, or my, my hobby passion, uh, business is, um, the design process. Mm. Um, so I would lay in bed at night when my wife goes to bed and I would sit in Microsoft PowerPoint and, and, and put together a, a design. <laughs> it probably takes about a thousand changes before I'm happy with it. So my, my manufacturer bears with me, but <laughs> I, in the beginning, I used to apologize for making so many changes. And they just said to me after a while, there's no need to say sorry because we want to make something that you're happy with because we know that when you're happy with it, it will do well. Right, right. In terms of, of selling. That's great. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, details if, that goes to designing a watch. It's, uh, it's, it's not so easy and I, I don't have a, a watch background or anything, so I'm self-taught. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. That's great. That's great. Was there anything in this current collection that um, when you were designing, sort of putting the process together that maybe you hit, you hit into a roadblock? Was there something that you just couldn't do? Or I don't know, was there just something that, you know, like you had to pivot around at all? I would say difficulty in, in is we can only for, for micro brands, we, we all use and, and, some bigger brands as well. We we all use movements that larger manufacturers produce. Mm -hmm. So say Seiko or um, Etta, Swiss movements, automatic movements, or, or quartz movements, Ronda. We we have to produce something which uses one of those movements. So by design, we 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 have to circumnavigate that. Right. We have to right. That, that, that's sort of the first decision is what movement am I going to use? And what I find a bit difficult because I do chronographs, um, especially an automatic chronograph, it's, it's probably the thickest movement that you can have. And thickness I've come to learn is, is over the years is very important to a watch enthusiast. Many people don't want a thick watch. They hmm. want it as thin as it can be. Um, but having an automatic chronograph already puts you in um, a category where it's 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 thick. It's thicker, right? So yeah, d designing something where it can be as thin as possible, it's it's not easy. And certainly with this one, uh, this design, where I chose two cases, the one is a bullhead, uh, which means the the pushers are at the twelve position instead of on the side and on, mm. at the three position. But at the same time, I wanted the dial to be slanted uh, from top to bottom so that when it's on your wrist and you're driving, it's it's more in your view. Mm, interesting. It's easy to see. But with that and the thickness of the movement, it's made the case thick. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. Interesting, interesting. How about, yeah. you know, maybe like a, uh, a follow-up to that would be, what was the moment that you knew you had something that you were ready to go? Like when, when is that moment that you stop and you go, All right, I don't need to tweak anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, this is great that we're ready to go. What, what is that moment that you're looking for? It's literally just, uh, the word wow pops in mm -hmm. my head that that's it. You know, everything, every small detail just fits together. Um, and as I said, it, it, it takes about roughly around a thousand changes and, over a two and a half month process. Hmm. So it, basically I make changes in the evening 
Uh, by that time, when I wake up in the morning, my manufacturer would have made the changes for me. I can review them and make more changes. And right. then the next day I would receive it back and then make more changes mm-hmm. and so on until I'm, I'm done. That's great. That's awesome. Well, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter. So when we're talking uh, about a week to go, um, again, you had about a $15,000 goal US here, and you're currently sitting at 125000 with 254 backers. So that was great. Um, yep. And we talked a little bit that obviously this isn't your first rodeo. Uh, still, was there any data points that you were looking at before you hit the launch button in terms of people interested in this new collection? I don't know, email signups? What, what were you kind of looking for behind the scenes before you decided to hit the launch button? Sure. I, I, I do look at engagement to posts. I mean, I, I have um, an organically grown Facebook page for my brand, um, 100% real followers, likes uh, at around 51,500. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at engagement, uh, feedback. Um, I've got a... Um, uh, 9,000 um, newsletter list. I, I look for questions, etc. cetera. Um, but the thing is, one can never really know. Yeah. Um, when you hit that launch button, what's going to happen? Um, but I certainly, I, I, I think this time around, uh, I wanted to launch this specific campaign already in September. Unfortunately, the prototypes weren't ready. I didn't want to launch over... Christmas, like I did the previous year, because I felt that um, even though I, I, I hit a high goal, um, I felt it could have done better if yeah. it wasn't around the Christmas period. I think this time, though, the, there's a, quite a few campaigns that are heavily, heavily supported by the watch community right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are my peers and, and friends of mine that I've learned Um uh gotten to know over the years there was sort of a group of us in facebook that um you know look out for each other and discuss business and and ups and downs and try mm-hmm. and motivate each other um i think that just all um and the uniqueness of the 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 design itself that maybe it hasn't done as well as the others uh but i think the last 48 hours have always been for me. Uh, if you look at um, so kicktrack.com, mm-hmm. where you can track the, the the campaign. If you look at every one of my last campaigns, the last 48 hours have always gone, you know, it's skyrocketed. It's done like 50K in 48 hours. Right. I'll need to see if the same thing happens. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we, we just never know. Yeah. Has there been anything sort of unique in your dashboard this time around? Any countries that popped up that you're like, oh, wow, we're selling a lot in Singapore or something. I don't know. Just anything <clears throat> that's unique. Uh, no, uh, nothing this time, you know, out of the ordinary. I, I sort of rely a lot on, um, you know, sort of YouTube reviewers, written reviews on, on watch websites, etc. cetera. <laughs> And then my own sort of Facebook and Instagram advertising. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm of course happy that this is, is funded. And uh, I think what I've chosen to do this time is I, I would like to move away from the pre-order model. Mm-hmm. So this time, instead of ordering... Uh, using the profits and ordering excess stock to continue to sell that specific model, 
um, I'm investing the profits in funding outright two new models mm. so um, that I can move away from that pre-order model because right now when that funding ends for this current Kickstarter, it's only going to be delivered in August, mm. which is a long wait. Yeah. You know, many people don't want to wait that long. Mm -hmm. So I'm using the profits, uh, starting a full production. So it's going to be 500 pieces of each of a new model, a uh, thousand pieces in total. And literally a few weeks before they delivered, I'll start a very short pre-order. Sure. And uh, I think that's the way to go in, in, in the future. I think to win more customers who don't want to wait so long. Um, yeah. So yeah. you see, do you, and then do you see yourself kind of just doing this all through like your Shopify store and stuff, just being like, hey, we've got a seven day window to pre-order, but then we launch this thing, still launching on a Tuesday per se, but it's just literally on your Shopify store type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I wish though that, um, you know, a lot of my uh, peers, they, they use sort of a, a deposit, we can call it scheme. Yeah, yeah. Not in the bad sense, mm -hmm. uh, where they literally ask for a hundred dollars up front and then the balance before delivery. Right. Uh, to date, I don't know of an app in the Shopify store that supports two payments. Yeah. It I does. wish there was, because it would make a, it would make it a lot easier. Um, I think that, I think yeah. the best way to do that right now is through ClickFunnels. Um, well, I don't know about the best, but a way to do it. ClickFunnels has a way that you can build like a sales page, but have the payment split up in two things type of thing. Right. So you would say like, Hey, I'm going to charge you a hundred bucks, $99 today. And in three months or three days, whatever, whenever your delivery date is, yeah. you know, you'll get charged again, something along those lines, but you've got to build yeah. it in that platform. So, but I don't think there is anything in Shopify. You're right. Um, to yeah. make that I wish the developer would would I think they would make uh, quite a bit of money mm -hmm. uh, if they build an app that costs money. Uh, well, there's your next idea. Let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, what do you tell you know? Let's say somebody out there is thinking about getting maybe not just in the watch world, but into maybe like Anything a men's crowdfunding. Yeah, yeah, or a men's product line or something like that. What would you tell them right now? What what should they focus on? What where should their brains be? to get to a point where they're running four or five successful campaigns over the course of five or six years? Sure. Look, I think if we, before starting, you know, Stratton, I, there was always one saying that was prevalent in my mind, which is you, you got to do something that you, you, you love mm -hmm. uh, and enjoy. Um, so, I always had my eyes open, even right, even now. Uh, I keep my eyes and ears open for even the simplest of ideas, because if we look at crowdfunding in general, and and you know, some of the simplest ideas can can be the most successful. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be anything new. Um, it can just be a rendition of, of something old or yeah. um, I think if, if one looks out for a simple idea that doesn't require much investment up front, because I literally only invested for my first campaign one and a half thousand dollars up until launch date and I had a marketing budget of two thousand um, and that's what I used to reach my first funding goal. 
Um, so I, I just think advice is, is one needs to, a lot of people think with, with crowdfunding as well that, you know, you sort of put together an idea and you just slap it on the website and it'll fund. Yeah, yeah it should fund. I, I literally pre-market my, my products, even though I've built up an existing list, even my first campaign, yeah, it was about four months before I was launching. I was already building awareness, mm-hmm. yep. um, posting pictures of prototypes, etc., that were not finished at a different stages. So I think people definitely need to build uh, awareness and already have uh, a plan where it's become more difficult. It has, <laughs> not just in watches, but in 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 other things to to get that recognition that free marketing from different avenues i think today a lot of these websites and that who you know that they want something for Mm -hmm. you know they want to be paid it's not it's not free press anymore you know everybody wants something and it costs uh i think I definitely think that part of the industry has become a little bit um, dirty, I would yeah. say. Oh, yeah. But I think the, is it the FCC in, in the US? Yep, yep, that's it. Yep, yep. You know, that sort of put rules and, and, and laws in place where, you know, reviewers and that have to disclose that they are getting yeah, but, something returned. But it's not policed. So it's like they make rules, but you know so like there's a a ton of this going on in like instagram you know the instagram like all these people who are influencers and and they're literally like wearing a coca-cola shirt on purpose and holding a hoverboard thing on purpose you know yeah Yeah. not a that's not their typical tuesday that's a paid for tuesday so yeah yeah Yeah. so i certainly think it, it hasn't gotten easy um, in crowdfunding world, but I think if it's, it's, I'm glad something like that exists because it gives somebody with a good idea, a platform to test that idea. Yeah. And that is where it hasn't been. Uh, there hasn't been something like that before, but I, I, I always think though a, a genuine campaign with a good idea with, um, maybe, a. um, just a good story behind it. I think that's what sells. Um, people buy not only the product, but the story behind it. Yes. And I think if you can put that story across in, in any entrepreneurial endeavor in a way that comes across as sympathetic, uh, as genuine, mm-hmm. pe- people will support your, your, your cause. Oh, I agree completely. I think, I think we're going to see, I think you're going to see in general crowdfunding get more and more to that story driven back to kind of what maybe what it was. And I think it's just getting away from the as seen on TV vibe that Kickstarter maybe has for the last 18 months, the, the, the newest jacket that heats you up and keeps, you know, like there's only so many of those that you can see before you're like, all right, I I, I got it. Uh, You know, whatever. Um, So what do you see for yourself? I mean, what happens you know, you mentioned August around that sort of time, but you know, the money comes in in a couple of days or whatever, two weeks or so, what starts your process? And then what do you sort of see like the next year sort of looking like for you? Um, yeah, as soon as the campaign ends, then it's waiting the 14 days until the payments go through to send mm-hmm. out the, the, um, the surveys. I use Kickstarter surveys um, and then getting the answers and, and, and processing that for production numbers. 
I think for me, I'm in a, in a very, um, that typical three-year stage of every business um, where I've reached the plateau. <laughs> and I either, I can stay as I am and live comfortably doing it as I am, or I'm looking at the decision where I have to take on an investor uh, where I can grow the brand into something much larger than it is. But it's a difficult decision because it means that I have to give away something that I've built from day one. But uh, I've become, I've made the decision where I, I really, I would like to take that plunge. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 but it does, doesn't need to be anybody. I don't just need money. Um, it has to be someone who has a sort of similar frame of mind to me. Um, you know, bring something to the table, uh, you know, a bit of guidance as well. You sure. know, and yeah. being an entrepreneur can, can be quite lonely. Um, yep. at, at stages and yeah, you're preaching that's to the choir. right now <laughs> you're preaching yeah. to the choir over here where yeah. as an agency we've been around really technically since 2009 but in this form since 2000 we're in our, year, our third year and we're in that same boat of like we can be this sort of like decent age like this agency right here fitting this niche <laughs> you know or we have to somehow get bigger and have like 70 employees you know like what you know and that is uh that's different that's you know this podcast wouldn't be as informal if i had 70 people working we would have a whole team of people exactly. you know and yeah. you know and and then there would also be like well how are you making money off the podcast it's like i'm not i just want to connect with people and that's why i do yeah. it's like connecting and yeah. sharing stories and stories. hey what did you do that worked and you know and it's all that decision starts to change moving forward. So you're not alone in that. We're right there at the same point over here. So, um, well, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So, I mean, so it sounds like you've got, you know, big decisions on your, on your hands here. It sounds like you've got a great product going on. Um, how can people dive into your world, learn more, look at all your collections? How can they, uh, how can they find you online? Yeah, they can visit my website, uh, www.strattonwc.com. Um, the great thing about a microbrand and being a one-man show is any channel that someone tries to contact me, whether it's or the brand, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram, email, <laughs> they're always talking to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, many people are surprised, and, and you know, they're all right in the chat. Is this Kyle? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, and they're like, wow, <laughs> I got a hold of you. I got, I found the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it, it makes a big difference. It, yeah. it certainly does because you just don't have that with with larger brands, mm -hmm. and um, people appreciate that one-on-one uh, -on -one contact. Yeah, and you know, I'm. I'm no email or message goes unanswered for more than 12 hours. You know, it's my, my morning ritual is normally you know, I'll wake up, say good morning, and then uh, have my phone for the next 15 minutes and answer all the emails and, and, and messages. And um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, I appreciate you taking time out of your day here. I know it's busy around, uh, around your neck of the woods here, but uh, again, I, I recommend everybody go check out your, uh, your Kickstarter right now. You've got, couple uh, about seven days to go here or so and yeah. uh, really great campaign great project great conversation and i wish you nothing but success in the future thanks so much thanks very much jeff all right thanks keep well bye-bye 
All right, everybody, I told you that was a great conversation. Kyle, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk while you're in the middle of a campaign. I know there is a lot going on, especially him being a, a one-man band over there, right? He's got a lot on his plate. So, Kyle, thank you again. So, listeners, if you are in uh, in the market for a new watch, now is the time. You're going to save a lot of money. Go over to um, go to Kickstarter right now. Search for Stratton Watches. That's S-T-R-A-T-O-N. And uh, pick up a watch. They're cool. They look very, very cool. So, all right. Song we're listening to is Say You Will. It's off the Sugar Roses collection. Something that I don't think any of you have ever heard. But, uh, yeah. It's one of those nice songs. It's relaxing. It's peaceful. But, uh, okay. Go ahead. All right. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm stammering. I, I got to get it. I got to go do something else. All right. I'll talk to you all later. Have a good one. 